Hey, welcome to Sunday School. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. You're listening to the Mills Sunday School Podcast. We are the College and 20-somethings ministry of New Life Church. Welcome to Sunday School, everybody. Uh, Just so you guys know, Pastor Joe, Dr. Joe Kirkendall, is not going to be here for this week and next week. He and a small team are in Macedonia doing some mission work. So uh, if you think of them, pray for them. They're working with college and 20-somethings over there uh, and doing a couple other projects. So they won't be here. Uh, He won't be here for this week and next week. Uh, I wanted to let you know, if you're new to Sunday school, um, if you've been here for a week or two, uh, on on the middle of your table, there's a guest card. And we'd love for you to just fill that guest card out, write down any information on there that you'd like, uh, and bring it out to the table right outside the doors with the big black curtain behind it. Uh, we have a gift for you. We want to welcome you um, and just say thanks for coming. You'll also find on your table a, a listing of small groups. So the Mill Sunday School has a, a small group listing so that if you guys want to connect uh, throughout the week, meet up with people, uh have really in-depth conversations and gather around tables and have food, you can look at those small groups and see what, see what they're doing and join one of those. The contact info for the group leaders should be there and you can get in touch with them and join up. So we'd love to have you do that. So today we have the really great privilege of having uh, a, an amazing woman, Pastor Amy Perkins is here. Pastor Amy helped, and her husband Dan helped to lead Desperation Leadership Academy. Yes, go ahead and give it up for Amy. Uh, so they lead Desperation Leadership Academy, which is the church's internship and leadership program here. Uh, Amy loves prayer. She loves the scriptures. She loves uh, helping to disciple young people. And so you guys are in really great hands. And I'm excited for you to, to listen to Pastor Amy Perkins as she closes out the month-long topic of Esther. So without further ado, Amy Perkins. Thanks, everybody. How are you this morning? Doing well? Um, Well, hey, I just want to first start by saying thank you to Pastor Joe and the Mill Leadership Team. Um, How many of you guys love Dr. Joe? Like, you just... Okay, let's, like, shout for it. He's going to listen to the podcast. So... Um, I am just so thankful for how... He has faithfully served the college students of Colorado Springs for well over a decade now. And so I don't know how many of you have been around that long, or some of you are just kind of recently to the Mill Sunday School community, but you have one of the, uh, one of the best Bible teachers that I know. And I, uh, attended the, the King's University and he was one of my very first professors and he just, he's so funny and he's such a great teacher and he's just able to make things just sticky, um, and relevant. And, uh, so I, I just want to say thank you to Dr. Joe and his beautiful wife, Erica. And, uh, actually way back in the day, I'm kind of ratting out Joe and he's not here. Um, but Erica and I were actually in the furnace together, uh, which is what DLA used to be called. Um, we have a, a part-time program. So those of you who are, you know, in college or going to school, but you're kind of looking for just more structured, uh, intentional, intense discipleship and prayer. Uh, that's what our DLA part-time program is called. And so that was called the furnace. And so Erica did the furnace and 
And I just remember the, the early days of Erica's first semester. So your first semester, about the first six months, you're not allowed to date. Uh, it's just a time to, okay, Jesus, I'm just going to run after you with all of my heart, all of my soul. Um, and so we just, we have a, a no dating policy for the first six months. So some of you guys are like, okay, check me out. I'm not doing that. Um, but here's what's beautiful. That's how Joe and Erica found each other. And so um, her her season of no dating, he said, yes, that one, I want her. And so, um, so that was really fun to see that unfold uh, over a decade ago now. So, um, okay, so uh, just going to take a quick poll really fast. Where are my single people at? Yeah. Yeah, come on, cheer for yourselves. Say yes. Too glad. Okay, anybody dating? Who's dating? Not like people in here, okay? Anybody married? Where are my marrieds? Okay. Anybody have any kids in here? All right, yeah. <laughs> One couple, it's awesome. Um, so hey, so I, um, my husband and I, Dan, there's a picture of us that's going to come on the screen. This is my husband and I and uh, Dan Perkins, and that's my new little baby boy. His name is Aiden. Um, this is another another picture of him. He is just so happy and so cute. Um, so yeah, so uh, I gave birth in January. I was pregnant at this time last year, so it's actually, it's kind of horrifying because I'm having like flashbacks from last year of this this time and how nauseous I was and how I just laid on the couch and like watch TV all day long because I couldn't move. Anyway, so he's worth it though, I have to say, but um, hope to not get pregnant anytime soon uh, again. So anyways, um, so hey, so today we're going to be finishing up the series on Esther. And I have actually never taught on her before, and so this was a bit of a new um, journey for me, so kind of bear with me as I uh, deliver this message. But we're going to be focusing on the part of her story um, where the, the, the phrase we've all heard so many times, but for such a time as this. How many of you guys have heard that? So we're going to be talking about, for such a time as this, being willing and ready for those God-defining moments. Okay, so I just want you to think about your story really quickly. And all of us have God-defining moments. You think about it like, so I think of, these can either be moments of intense joy, or they can be moments of really intense pain. But there are moments that really define the, define who we are, and they can set and alter the trajectory of our lives based either for the good or the bad based on how we respond. Based on, are we going to choose to love again if we felt rejected? Are we going to hope that something good is going to come out of this? despite maybe the pain? Um, are we going to worship? We're going to choose to worship and turn our eyes from our circumstances and on to Jesus despite the circumstance? Or are we going to believe that God is good despite maybe the uncertainty of the future? So for me, I can tell you a defining moment was the day that I, I realized and found out that Dan Perkins liked me. 
You know that moment when it's like, oh, the person that you like, and then you find out they like me too. Um, you guys know what I'm talking about? Yes, it's a good day, right? Versus the day when it's like, I like that person, and then you find out they don't like you. That's also a defining moment. Um, so, those are good too, I guess. Um, okay, so other moments though for for me. A moment that really changed and defined my life was in sixth grade. I grew up in Texas. Is anybody from Texas in here? Nice. Okay. So I grew up in Texas and um, moved from Austin, which is like a really sweet city, if you guys have ever been there. Super diverse, really cultural. And then I moved to this podunk small town uh, just outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. And I remember showing up in sixth grade. Can you guys remember sixth grade? Some of you probably have tried to delete that from your memory. Um, but but sixth grade is the like awkward, okay, like you're just about to start puberty. Okay, I'm literally a foot taller than all the guys. I mean, so that was really embarrassing. And anyway, so <laughs> the season though of my life was filled with extreme intense pain. My sister, who's two years older than me, she was sexually assaulted. And I'm two years younger than her, looking at her go, her going through all of this pain and me being completely out of control. And I can't do anything about it. Seeing my parents now marriage is on the rocks as they're, you know, processing why did this happen? How did this happen? And the, the anger and the pain and the hurt. And, um, so that was a huge season where, okay, what, what am I going to do about it? And by the grace of God, he stepped in in that moment. And I actually came to New Life and attended a conference, uh, kind of like desperation that we have this summer, and heard this message on tithing your teen years. And it was the concept of you don't have to be a victim of your circumstance, but would you choose, no matter the circumstance, to give everything to Jesus and wholehearted love and wholehearted abandonment. And would you say yes to him and he can redeem your story that you can have a testimony of righteousness versus so many times as young people, we think I kind of got to have a messed up story that Jesus rescues me from in order to be relevant. But that's such a lie from the enemy. And so, so, so hearing this message, was a God-defining moment because suddenly I had vision and purpose and direction that despite the circumstance, despite the pain, it was for such a time as this moment for me that defined my life. So all of us, you, you have your story. Every single one of you have these moments. And I believe that in the future, we're going to continue to have more. And I just want to talk about kind of the expectations that we have of God's timing and how we need to be, how in order to be available for God to use us in those moments, we have to be ready and we have to be willing and we have to have right expectations. So I'm going to pray. Jesus, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you that you've brought me here to deliver this message to this group of people for such a time as this. 
Lord, I don't know what the stories, I don't know the situations and the circumstances that are happening in this room, even today, but God, I ask for your perspective your perspective that we would see as you see God and that we would talk with you and dialogue with you and process with you in this present circumstance that you would receive the glory and the worship and the honor and the praise and so father I ask that you would anoint my words this morning would you help me in my weakness to teach and deliver this message that you would provoke your people to loving you more from this morning to leaving this place having perspective of your leadership and that you are good and that you are faithful and that you are true and that we can trust you. God, and so I just ask that you would come. Come and would you speak? Come and would you move? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so you've been studying the book of Esther, so I just want to give kind of a a quick summary before we kind of dive into this little snippet of her story. So chapters one and two, Esther, she becomes queen. Okay, to, to Xerxes of Persia. So she's personally chosen by the king. Verse 217 says, The king loved Esther more than all the women, and she found favor and kindness with him. So this is probably because of her beauty and her intelligence. Okay, so she finds favor with the king. Then chapters 3 and 4, so this is Mordecai. This is, he is Esther's cousin, but he's also Esther's guardian because he's significantly older than she is. So he refuses to bow down and pay homage to Haman. So he's this high official to the king. He refuses to bow down to him. So, you know, this official, Haman, he becomes infuriated. And he plots to destroy all of the Jews in the kingdom because ultimately of his pride. He's offended. So Mordecai, he hears of this plot and he reports it to Esther. And verse 414 says... For if you remain, this is Mordecai talking to Esther. He says, for if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Okay, so we're going to talk about that today. But just to conclude the story from chapters 5 through 10, Esther ends up outwitting Haman. Uh, and takes her petition to the king, and, he, and she pleads for the protection of her Jewish people from Haman's wicked strategy. So the king, out of his anger, because he cares for Esther, he actually has Haman hung on the gallows, which he actually had built to destroy the Jews. So, end of the story, beautiful story, Esther's faith and courage is what saves her people. So what is this, what does this story have to do with us now? So today we're going to talk about just these defining moments of for such a time as this in our lives. So here's what I think. Many of you are in situations, circumstances, jobs, relationships. Um, I believe that God has put you right there, right now, for such a time as this. Because God wants to use you to do something great in advancing his kingdom. Do you believe that? I know sometimes, though, here's the problem. Many of us, I think, have wrong expectations of God's leadership and his timing. And because of this, when the time does come, when he says, okay, 
Sarah, I want you to rise up. Okay, Luke, I want you to rise up and I, and, and I want to use you to, to witness. I want to use you to pray. I want to use you to, to, to stand for truth and justice. I want to use you in this moment as a voice. I think sometimes that we're unwilling, honestly, just because we're not ready. <laughs> We're not ready. And so we haven't, there's, there's, there's kind of internal consternation that we haven't wrestled with the Lord with. And so therefore when he's saying, okay, I want to use you. We, we back down, we shy away, we get passive, we get, we just try to ignore it. And if we just ignore it long enough, then maybe it'll just kind of go away. Um, the reason that we're unwilling is just because we're not prepared. So Here's something that I've observed. I think that following Jesus, we've all learned that our timing and God's timing can be very different. Am I right? God's timing and our timing can be a little bit different. And expectations are everything, right? Um, I can think of when, before Jan and I got engaged... Uh, me and kind of like my group of friends, a bunch of us started dating kind of all at the same time. And I was so mad because all of them were getting engaged, like all of them at the same time. And so I'm like hoping, oh, it's going to be my time soon too. You know, this is kind of the, the trend of my friend group. Um, and then delay. <laughs> After delay, one, you know, one Christmas passes, no ring. One Valentine's Day passes, no ring. One birthday passes, no ring. And the second Christmas passes and no ring. And the second Valentine's Day passes and there's no ring. And and so there's just this frustration, like, I want to get engaged. What's the deal? And so, you know, but here's the thing. I think if all of my friends were kind of in the, on the same plan time frame, then I wouldn't have had that disappointment. If we'd all just kind of been dating and, you know, we're dating for a lot longer and, um, then my expectation would have been different and therefore I wouldn't have been as frustrated. Right? How many of you, okay. Have any of you been there? Okay. Yes. My married people in the room. Okay. The ladies out there, fellas, you're just like, no, let's stall. Um, <laughs> so here's the deal though. I have to say, I am so thankful for the time we dated for three years, whereas the average time frame for my friends were about eight months. So that was a long window. Um, but I am so thankful um, in the end because I can say that, man, that the issues that we worked through, the communication that we developed, the trust that was, the foundation that was laid, I'm so thankful. But there was still pain kind of in the waiting because of my expectation. So here's what I want to look at. I think that pain many times can lead to disillusionment because things didn't go as planned. So some of you may feel that way right now. You've maybe got some frustration with the Lord. You've got some pain because things have not quite panned out how you thought. Maybe in a relationship maybe with your school, maybe with, you know, your education, maybe with your career, you know, the dreams you had when you were a little boy or a little girl, you know, and you're now, 
you know, early 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, maybe 30s. I don't really know. Um, you know, and you're, you're kind of looking at life and things aren't quite what you thought they would be. And so here's what we have to do. We've got to get right perspective. Otherwise, that pain is going to lead to our disillusionment. And what I mean by that is what is happening in our generation is because of the, the disillusionment, because we, we haven't sought relationship with Jesus to understand his leadership and the why, we have now developed accusation towards his leadership because we haven't had enough conversation with him about it. And so we're just trying to look at our lives through our own perspectives and our own lenses. And so we now have this frustration and accusation towards him And slowly but surely, we just take one step away. One step further away from him. One step further away. So, today I want to talk about those expectations. The expectations of the promises of God and having a a right perspective of the Lord's timing and of his leadership. So, if you have your Bibles... You want to turn with me to Matthew 24. We're going to look at three different parables, and we're not going to talk through them in detail. Um, but I just want to just kind of bring some perspective of the Lord's leadership and His timing. So these parables in Matthew 24 and 25, they are specifically about Jesus's return and the timing of His return. And I think that this can show us a lot about who he is, how he leads. And so we're not going to be talking about Jesus' return today. Um, but I think that they can relate to us having right expectation for those God moments and the fulfillment of his promises. So um, parable one, okay, in Matthew 24, 45 through 41. This is the parable of the wise and the evil servant. So if you've got your Bibles and if you write in your Bibles, here's what I would write kind of concerning this parable specifically is that Jesus's delay, it's shorter than expected. So his coming back, it's shorter than expected. So he's talking about the parable of the wise and the evil servants. And so it's describing two type of leaders in the kingdom. He's talking about the wicked leaders that worked with wrong motives and abused their authority. Okay, so this is the first parable. So here's what this is saying is that when the delay is shorter, when Jesus, his timing is a little bit quicker than we had planned, we aren't ready because our service to God has been primarily about us. So this is the, the wicked leader because we've got wrong motives so here's what wrong motives, what I would say in serving Jesus. It's kind of the rat race. You guys know what I mean by the rat race? It's I'm living, I'm working, I'm striving. Ultimately, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. King of the hill mentality. Because it's primarily about me, myself and I. My comfort, my power, my influence, my... Um, it's ultimately about me. So this is kind of the first parable, okay? The second parable, to give us perspective of Jesus's timing, is that the delay is longer than expected. So this is Matthew 25, 1 through 13. This is the parable of the wise and the foolish virgins. 
and about attending their lamps and some that um, had acquired oil and some that didn't. And so they weren't ready. So Jesus comes back and and the ones who hadn't acquired oil are trying to buy oil that they can't buy and because he's here and and it's time. So the delay is longer than expected. Okay? So those responding wrongly, they worked with the wrong spirit and neglected to maintain their relationship with God. So when the delay is longer, here's our tendency. So we neglect our intimacy with Jesus. When things are taking, and I think for many of us, this is where a lot of us are. The, the promises, the desires of our heart, the dreams, the things that we feel like God has placed in there, the things he's called us to, the taking a little bit longer. And it's easy that in that time to neglect connecting with Jesus and cultivating that relationship with him. And so a few examples I think about is King David. You know, he, when he's a teenager, Samuel comes and he anoints him to be king, right? So imagine, you know, I don't know, who calls the president? I don't know, that doesn't anoint him, but whatever. Okay, say you get a call and you're like, hey, you're going to be the president of the United States tomorrow. And they come to your house and they're like, all right, ready, go. And, but here's what happens, is he, King David, he's anointed to be king, but then he doesn't immediately step into office, They're not like, okay, let's take you in the carriage back to the palace and you're now going to rule. No, what happens is he goes back out to the hillside and he's a faithful shepherd. So many of us, this is where you're at. You've been anointed. You feel like I'm anointed to do blank. I'm anointed to be a a successful businessman. that I'm going to give lots of dollars to uh, missionaries to take the, the gospel to the nations. Some of you feel like I'm, I'm called to ministry. Like I want to be an anointed worship leader or I want to be a teacher or, and so you, you, you know that, okay, the desire of your heart has now been met with confirmation of, yes, Jesus, this is what you've called me to do. But right now you're working at Starbucks. <laughs> right now you're, you're just in school getting your gen eds and taking a math class that has nothing to do with, 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 going to the nations. And so how do we, we remain faithful in the delay? I think it's having perspective that on the hillside, that's where he cultivates our character. In this delay, he's saying, I want this to be about me. In the delay, he's saying, I want to have relationship with you where it's about partnering with you and we do this together. Not that I called you to do something and now you're like, sweet, thanks, okay, I'm just going to go do it on my own now. No, the delay is in order that we would have acquired oil, which means in order that we would have acquired deep relationship with Jesus, where it's in partnership with him, not void without him. And so many of us in the delay, we neglect our relationship with Jesus, and that's what this parable is about. Okay, the third parable, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. This is a parable of the faithful steward, which focuses on being faithful in our assignment and the times that it's small and hard. So the majority of us, to be honest, we're going to have probably small ministry assignments. Okay, but those responding wrongly, here's what they did. They worked kind of with the wrong standard, the wrong evaluation. 
Therefore, they neglected their assignment. So when the delay is harder than expected, our tendency is to measure the success of our assignment according either to its ease, we thought it was going to be easier, or growth, numeric growth versus steadiness and obedience. So I think many of you, you're here too. (laughs) You're working at Starbucks and where you feel called to the nations. And in this delay, we're realizing, man, this is, this is a lot harder than I thought. Jesus, your, your, your timing, this is a lot harder. This is, I thought I would be a bigger deal by now, and I'm not. I thought I'd be a lot cooler by now, and I'm not. I thought, fill in the blank. So, measuring, measuring the timing of the Lord could either be quicker, more delayed, or harder. And I think that when we can have this perspective, and I would encourage you, if some of you are, because we're not going into detail with these parables, to read them out, to study them, in order that we can get right expectation of his leadership, right expectation of his timing, so that we can wait patiently for his timing with vision and with purpose. Okay, going back to the example of, I just wish that Dan would propose sooner than later, okay? If if I knew, okay, like, it's going to be harder, <laughs> it's going to be longer, um, but I can have vision and purpose for this season when I have right expectation, okay? So for you guys, where you're at, working at Starbucks, being a mechanic, I don't know, what do some of you guys do? Maybe Starbucks is the glorious job. I don't know. Maybe you work at Dutch Bros. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Um, So uh, having vision and purpose will help you wait patiently and expecting the Lord. Okay. So going back to the story of Esther. What do we learn from Esther concerning our for such a time as this moments? Is that God will use those that have been steady and faithful, and are therefore willing and ready. Let me say that again. God will use those that have been steady and faithful in your current assignments, in the current places that you are. If you'll choose to be steady and faithful, therefore, you will be willing and you will be ready for those such a time as this moment. So Esther, She was able to be used for such a time as this because of her readiness and willingness. Okay, so the first thing, we're talking about two things really quickly and wrapping up. One, starts with readiness, okay? The reason God was able to use her is because she was ready. She was ready to face her responsibility that I am a Jew and I've been chosen to be in the king's palace and I can represent my people. It may cost me my life, but I'm ready to face the responsibility. So she realized, and she also needed more than just her own strength though. And so in this moment, okay, I gotta face my responsibility. Okay, I'm ready, but I, I'm gonna call a fast. So she calls a fast with, to the, the Jewish people that are with her in the land. And she calls a fast. And she fasts with no water, friends. Like nothing. Like a complete fast. Not even water for three days. I recommend if you feel called to do that, talk with some people before you do it. Um, but 
so she calls a fast in order that she would be, okay, I'm ready, but Jesus, I'm desperate for you. I need you. So an example, when the time comes for you, you're the one there. Nobody else is. You're the one there and the, with the people that you work with. You are the only brother to that sister. <laughs> You're the only one. Are you ready? Are you ready? So readiness comes by preparedness. Okay, so here are the things that I think help us to prepare in order that we would be ready. It's one, it's, cult, it's what I was talking about earlier. Cultivating that relationship with Jesus. Where it's not... It's not just rhetoric, meaning it's not just, I say my prayers, I read my little, you know, my little section of scripture every day where I feel good about my Christian duty. No, God is looking for people that would know his heart. And what that means is not like, I'm not talking about like some like emotional experience. No, I'm just talking about asking him questions. When you read the word, talk to him about it. Ask him if you're like, I'm reading half the time. We don't understand what we're reading, but we're just, we feel good. Check mark. I've read my scriptures for the day, but we never dialogued with a person. The reason it's called, he's called the word is because it's active and it's living and he wants to have conversation with us about it. So how do, how, how do we prepare cultivating our intimacy with Jesus Two, walking in your current assignment and not resenting it? Okay, hear me. I know many of you are probably wrestling with this right now, like resenting the current place that you're at. But when we choose to walk in it, doing our best with where he's placed us, with a steady and faithful obedience, that's where he's going to cultivate in us the character. He's going to equip us with the tools. He's going to give us everything that we need. So when the time comes, we're ready. Number three, stewarding your gifts and resources. So here's what that looks like. Practice makes perfect. (laughs) So what is in your hands currently? What gifts do you have? What resources do you have? What money do you have? And are you being an active participant with it right now? And not, I want to challenge you that we wouldn't sit idly on it. So some of you I, sorry, I use ministry examples a lot because I, I teach, I'm involved with DLA and they're all going into ministry. So hopefully this is relevant. Um, you know, it's so easy to, to sit and wait. Well, until I'm really given the opportunity, you know, we become victims to, well, I'm waiting for someone else to give me the opportunity. And the Lord is saying, I've placed a ton of people around you. I want you to practice now. So with all, every single one of you have spiritual gifts. I want to ask you, are you just, are you waiting for someone to give you the stage? Are you waiting for those, you know, super obvious doors to fling wide open? Or when you come into Mill Sunday School, are you saying, Holy Spirit, would you use me today? Would you use me to be a light? Would you, how can I walk in my spiritual gifts today? So some of you are, um, you got the gift of the prophetic. And, and God's saying, I want to speak through you. I want to, I want to use you. Wait, would you pray and just ask me? I want you to practice. You have a role in the body, no matter what season you're in or not. Does that make sense? Like you have been given a role 
in this community. You've been given a role in this church. And I don't mean a title with a name badge. <laughs> I mean, every single one of you have gifts. Are you, are you using them? Are you sitting idly just waiting? So stewarding your gifts and resources helps make you ready. We all know this verse, 2 Timothy 4.2. This is talking about Timothy preaching. But I want to say today, would we be ready in season and out of season? Would we be ready in the moments that we have the opportunity, the clear direction, the, the stage, the platform? But would we also be ready when we're sitting at our tables and, and speaking the truth in love, being prophetic voices to one another? So I can tell you, many of you, how many of you guys are in college? Awesome. Okay, a lot of you are in school right now. So you get this, right? You're like, I'm taking this class and I have no idea when I'm taking this class. Listen, I, we, we've all been there. I mean, so in college, what it looks like, working hard to get good grades. Working hard to get good grades, but also actively participating and using the gifts that you have right now where you're at. Okay, two. Second thing that Esther, why she was... Ready? Why the Lord used her. Two, it was followed by willingness. So when called upon, Mordecai comes to her. He's like, hey, you're up, girl. (laughs) Now's your time. Um, She doesn't deny it. She doesn't ignore it. She doesn't run away. She doesn't make excuses. It's kind of crazy because Esther is actually a type and shadow of Jesus. And laying down her life for the salvation of her people. So, so what does willingness look like? What does willingness mean? It means that you've got a yes in your spirit when the opportunity presents itself. When asked to sacrifice, when called upon, when called to action, there's a yes. There's a Isaiah 6, here I am, send me. Psalm 110 is one of my favorite verses in the Psalms, and it's talking about uh, when Jesus comes back and he's going to defeat his enemies. It says, for your troops will be willing on your day of battle, arrayed in holy majesty or arrayed in holy splendor. Jesus, here's what he's looking for. He's not looking for you to prove your talent to him. He's not looking for you to prove your skill to him and how how worthy you are. What he's looking at, he's saying, will there be anyone that's willing? I'm just looking for the willing ones. And I can tell you, this verse means a lot to me because I am not the most articulate. I'm not the smartest. I'm not the most talented. And I can tell you, it's so easy for me to compare to preachers and teachers and leaders that are are better than me. And it's so easy for me in a false humility to take a back seat and to just say, well, well, they're, they're better at it. So God's going to use them. You know, they, they, they're smarter. Like clearly God's going to use them. They've got it all together. God's going to use them. And, and this is the verse that I stand on. God, I'm just willing. Would you use me? And that's what brings delight to his heart. What brings pleasure to his heart is he's just saying, would you be willing? It's not about you. It's about me. And here's what so encourages my heart is that God qualifies the willing. God, he qualifies the willing. 
He's going to equip the willing. He's going to give you the tools and the resources to the willing. And you know why? Like sometimes I think he would rather bypass. This may be heresy. I don't know. But he, he, he would rather use the humble and willing than the fully equipped, I have it all together, God use me, I'm awesome. Because here's what it is. He's looking for people that will do it with him, not without him. And it's easy that when we have it all together, it's easy that when, well, I'm the smartest, I'm the best, I'm the brightest, it's easy to say, I've got it. God, I don't really need you. I got this. But when it's, oh, God, I can't do this. Listen, this is how I feel as a mother right now. I have no idea what I'm doing, you guys. Like, and nobody ever does. We all start somewhere, meaning we all start as new parents, and meaning we don't really know what we're doing. So uh, praise Jesus that, okay, God, I'm humble, but I'm willing. Would you help me? That's who he wants to use. He qualifies the willing. He qualifies the humble because he wants to do it with us. So here's our tendency, though. Okay, the time has come. We feel ready. The time has come, and we're wrestling. Am I really willing? Here's our tendency. It's a few things. One, it's so easy to be selfish, guys. It's so easy to justify the sacrifice isn't really worth it. Another thing, it's, it's easy to be passive. It's easy to, okay, God, you, you want me to witness to that coworker? Uh, we just kind of become passive. Or we ignore it. We ignore that kind of gut, Holy Spirit tugging. We just try to ignore it. Or we stall to the point of missing it. We just wrestle in our minds long enough. Ah, oh, God, is that you? Is that me? Is it you? Is it me? Is it you? Is it me? Is it you? Is it me? And so we stall to the point of missing the opportunity. Or some of us are just in complete rebellion and rejection of God. God, you're calling me to that, but no, I don't want it. But here's, I think, the biggest one that we all wrestle with is that we all make excuses and disqualify ourselves because we're insecure. We're insecure with our stories, with our history, with our capacities, with our skill, with our talent. Like I said earlier, we're looking around going, God, just use somebody else. Just use somebody else, not me. So like Mordecai with Esther, here's what I want to say today. He says, I want you to look back at all those parts of your story that make you unique. Especially those events that maybe felt like setbacks at the time, but are now, they've become vital to who you are. Look at the position you're in now. Not obsessing about what it's not, but seeing the unique opportunity that you have. This is what Mordecai, he was telling Esther, stop looking at maybe the things that you felt like set you back, but see that God's placed you here with all of that and your uniqueness for such a time as this. Perhaps you've been given these skills, these experiences, these privileges, even deprivations, so that just at this very moment, you could do what no one else could do. God made you just as you are because he wanted someone just like you. Maybe all this happened and you came to be here for such a time as this. So here's what I'm calling you today. Let's stop being victims. Stop being victims, but say, okay, God, I may be a ragtag bit of a mess, but Jesus, I'm willing if you'll use me. 
for such a time as this, I'll be willing and I'll, I'll be steady and I'll be faithful in this season that you have me in. So we don't know the timing of the Lord, but would we commit and ask Jesus, God, would you give us grace to be steady and to be faithful in the small things so that when called for the big moments of our life, those defining moments that we would be ready. So here's what I want to do for just a few minutes as we're just closing here. If you guys just want to bow your heads with me and I just want to lead us just in a, in a moment of prayer and you locking eyes with Jesus, like Jesus, would you help us just to set aside all distractions right now? I just want to ask you guys just to, to focus in. I just want you to picture Jesus. Like he's, he's really here. He's really now here and now he wants to talk with you. He wants to be with you. He really cares about your story. He really cares about your circumstances. And I know these may feel like the days of small beginnings, but he's just asking you, would you be obedient? Would you be faithful? Just be steady, be steady, be steady. My son, be faithful, my daughter. So just, I know this may be a little uncomfortable because not sure if you guys typically do this, but I just want you in your own words right now, I want you to actually use your voice and I just want you to say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help us. God, would you give us grace? Would you just ask him, God, would you give me grace to be steady? God, would you give me the strength to be faithful? God, I ask that you would help us to have right expectations, that we would wait patiently on you, that we would trust that you are good and so we would be obedient and faithful and steady. And can we just sign up again in our pursuit of Jesus? I want you to just look at him and tell him, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. This is all about you. It's not about me. This is about you. So would you just tell him, I'm willing. I'm willing, God. I'm willing. Would you use me? Take me. Make me. Mold me. Shape me. Use me. God, I ask that you would. Lead us through the refiner's fire that we would be men and women of humility. Lead us through the refiner's fire that we would be men and women that aren't independent of you, but that are a people dependent on you. Jesus, and so I just ask for grace even now to be obedient, to be faithful in our assignments. God, so when the time is right, when the moment, when the, when the promise intersects your perfect timing, God, that we would be found ready, that we would be found willing. And so, Jesus, I just lift up my brothers and sisters in this room. God, I ask that you would provoke them in their relationships with you. God, I ask that you would awaken hunger in a greater way, Jesus, that we wouldn't, that we wouldn't try to do this life without you, but God, that we would do this life in succinct steps with you every single day. I pray for those who feel like the word is boring. Those who feel like prayer is boring. God, I ask that you would help them to realize they're just connecting with the person. They're just connecting with you. God, and so I pray that the word would begin to, would it be made flesh? Would it speak to them in a greater way? God, and so I just, I thank you for this time that we've had this morning. Lord, and I ask that you would use us, spend us, that for such a time as this, when those moments come, God, equip us in this season so that we would be ready and so that we would be willing. So we love you, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for using the book of Esther to teach us about who you are and to teach us about who we are. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, thank you, everybody.
Hope you guys have a great Sunday. So you are feel feel free to hang out, have conversations, or if you want to head over to church, that will be starting at eleven. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. We hope you've been spiritually encouraged by listening to this podcast. More podcasts and information about the College and 20-somethings ministry at New Life Church in Colorado Springs can be found at newlifechurch.org forward slash Sunday School.